what? Attention all passengers. The Titanic is now in orbit above Sol 3, also known as Earth. Population, human. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chris. I am Mr. Connor, the ship's historian. I'm the doctor, by the way. Astrid, sir. Astropeth. Nice to meet you, Astrid. Merry Christmas. And I should be taking you to old London town in the country of UK. It should be busy. Something's wrong. But it's beautiful. Where's everybody gone? Oh, scared. London at Christmas? Not safe, is it? Meg's Capricorn cruise lines. You've got Frost heading for the ship and the shields are down! Fastest. It's the edges, sir. Final phase. There's nothing more I can do. We've only got eight minutes left. The best. Information. You're all going to die. The furthest. Who put you in charge? And who the hell are you anyway? I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casterberus. I'm 903 years old and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. You got a problem with that? No. I should know because... Alonso! Alonso! Your name is Max. Hello, Alonzi. Merry Christmas and welcome to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are, the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I'm Ethan. And I am Ian, the ghost of Christmas present. Ho, ho, ho. I don't know if I'm the ghost of Christmas past or future, but either way, I get the the worst one. (laughs) I've really got the one decent part. Yeah. I'm either death or a child. Well, I'll tell you what, like, Ghost past travels through time. Present just kind of stays where it is. That's true. There we are. I'll go, yeah. There you I'll go. Be the go- for, for this show, I'm a Ghost of Christmas past, uh, which brings us to our episode of today, Voyage of the Damned, which when this episode comes out, I think you would have had two episodes of series 13 and your third episode releasing tomorrow. I have no idea anymore. I will so take your word happening. for it. Yep. So much is happening. If something's happened drastically in Doctor Who, oh no. If not... Yeah, for, for once we're being like reasonable and like getting these recorded way in advance. Well, it's the first time we've not had to do a double episode. Yeah, so we can just do nice. two single episodes back to back. But to be fair, this is the length of a double episode. It's 74 minutes, but you know what? It moves. I'm really... It I saw quickly. it. And I was like, oh, it's the second one's 74 minutes. And then I was through it in no time. I was like, oh, that was really quite quite well-paced. I was doing my notes. I'm looking at my notes and like, I probably got the same amount of notes, if not less for this one than I did for Blink. Cause a lot happens, but not. No, I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. So yeah, we have Voyaged of the Damned, an episode which I chose for the sole reason that this is the highest viewed episode of Doctor Who in not only the new uh, Doctor Who, but also the classic Doctor Who. I thought uh, it, I messaged you and said, we got to do a Titanic one, right? The Kylie Minogue one. Yeah, you did yeah. that. Uh, right as I was also going, got to do the highest rated one. Yeah. So it worked out very, very well. We should be so lucky. Lucky, lucky, lucky. <laughs> it's a Kylie <laughs> I'm reference. To think of other Kyle, I'm trying to think of other Kylie songs. Do a locomotion. That was a big hit. Um, what was that one? Where she, what was that one where she split in like four different people and was oh. walking around? spinning around no no, no that it wasn't one. that but that's not a kylie song yeah and there was something not that long ago when i say that it was like probably like 2002 jeez <laughs> for the episode it wasn't too long ago no 
Uh, but anyway, so we, we, we kind of, and this had been, of course, like in most Christmas episodes, this had been teased in the series three finale. Yeah. So, uh, everything, the doctor's life has gone awful. Martha Jones, we said goodbye to way too soon that I would have liked. Uh, the master is dead, uh, for what we think so far. And he's all alone again. The doctor's by himself and the Titanic is crashed into the ship. Uh, though a little bit beforehand, he does have a little adventure with himself, uh, with, uh, the fifth doctor, Peter Davidson. Uh, and then they, this links into that, which is the reasoning for this to happen. I have no idea. They never fully explain it. Okay. Yeah. In Canon, uh, before the TARDIS, uh, crashes into the, the Titanic, a children in need episode happens where oh, okay. uh, the, the doctors have a, a time crash and the fifth doctor appears on the TARDIS and they just have a little a little talk, which was mainly for David Tennant, since Peter Davidson was his favorite doctor and then became the, his favorite father. I was gonna say, is this the one who's his father in law? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked out so well for him. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is a uh, Russell T. Davies episode. He always does the Christmas specials. And this is this is a hell of a story because Kylie Minogue was asked uh, in early 2007 to do it because uh, her production team, her creative director, William Barker Baker, was a massive Doctor Who fan and used uh, elements of classic Doctor Who sets uh, for her for her tours, her set design. So he used stuff like uh, the Great Dalek Invasion of Earth and the Mutants, all this kind of stuff, Doctor Who and the Silurians, uh, to to do set design in colors and lighting, which I thought was really, really interesting. So, so was this like a trade, or did like like Kylie have to work off the debt? What's this about for for the intellectual I feel property? This is a tra- I thought this is a trade. Uh, she gets to go and do Doctor Who, and he just gets uh, David Tennant to replace her on tour instead. Cool. Yeah, I I uh, do with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can do David Tennant. Uh, I should be so lucky, 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 lucky. That'd be great. Yeah, and uh, we go into the episode: the Doctor and his TARDIS after the events of the Master, and a ship crashes through the TARDIS. Turns out it's the Titanic. The Doctor does his big what? Yeah, and I appreciated your note. I appreciated that yeah. because I saw that and went, "Oh, I know what this is. This is what Ethan was talking about." Yeah, every every uh, end of series for David Tennant, he always just goes what to, to link into the christmas special he does it with uh series two he does yeah. it with this he does it, it he was gonna do it in series four but they don't and they they cut it because it didn't make sense for the show which i'm kind of glad yes um but thankfully uh, as the titanic fly flies back out of the tardis which i'm i don't understand the logistics of how the tardis crash uh the tires can crash into a ship and do that but i i I don't really care. Doesn't anymore. he hit like a hand crank and it like revert out? Yeah, know. it just sort of goes back inside. It's more yeah. the fact that how does the Titanic crash into the TARDIS? Or does the TARDIS crash into the Titanic? I have no idea. I, I don't know anymore. Well, we know the shields uh, are down, don't we? Yeah, we know the shields are definitely down. And uh, the TARDIS la- lands aboard the Titanic at Christmas. That can't be right. But there's Kylie Minogue waitressing around. And uh, the room is decorated with robotic angels, so you know it's definitely not the real Titanic. And is the doctor? Well, also the, the fact window. that it's floating through space. Well, that's the reveal they have. Oh, okay, is that like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He looks out the window and realizes that he's on a space Titanic flying above Earth to celebrate Christmas. And then we get the titles. The music it- is so good. 
Yeah. The change. This is the Rocky one. I love this one. It's really weird seeing Kylie Minogue's name in Doctor Who credits, but I'm really okay with it. It's just, it's still such a weird thing. But I had to go back and rewatch the title credits from uh, Blink because I wanted to make sure it wasn't the same score. It wasn't the same theme tune, and it wasn't. This is, the, I guess, the launch of the of of the new rockier Doctor Who oh. theme. Yeah, I went back and rewatched it. Even notice that. Oh, this one. is like very guitar-y. So this is like not Atari, oh. but guitar-y. So yeah. this is when they kind of go away from classic Who and go, okay, let's make it. It's it's one step away away from being like like an Evanescence track, but it's. I need to check that. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. I went back yeah. and rewatched it just to be sure on both of them, and just love. This must be the debut of it. Love, oh, love, actually- love the uh, the that version of the score. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so we have our credits, Voyage the Dam, written by Russell T. Davies. And on deck, we see that the captain and his pilots are being told they can go celebrate Christmas. Uh, but the, the new boy midshipman frame uh, doesn't want to because uh, if he stands down, it... Uh, Due to regulations, they need to have two people always on the brig at once. And the captain agrees, but... Always on the bridge, not on the brig. Yeah, the the bridge even. Yeah, the brig is like the jail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The captain agrees, but he doesn't look entirely happy. And I I wonder if that will play out later. And uh, as they talk, uh, they find that the the Earth doesn't even know that the space Titanic is up above them. And we cut to a Max Capricorn cruise line advert with the sleaziest man I would never trust with my money. Because <laughs> my fastest, furthest, and best, and his tooth dings. <laughs> and it actually dings. It does ding, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the doctor's now in his little James Bond tux, and he's taken in all the Christmas joy. You got a man. Uh, on his cell phone, being a gross businessman, we get to sort of meet all of our new uh, our characters, our companions, almost for for this episode. And uh, the Doctor then asks one of these angels, which is called a heavenly host, to to give uh, the information. And it tells the Doctor that the cruise is to explore the primitive cultures of Earth, and uh, the Titanic was chosen as a design by Max Capricorn, as it's the most famous ship on Earth. Uh, but the doctor asks if he knows why it's famous, and as it goes to tell him, it just malfunctions, and the tech team take it away. We find out this is the eighth host to malfunction already on the cruise line, and one nearly strangled a passenger trying to put her necklace on. <laughs> so we get our mystery sort of already of some something's been tampered with, and something mysterious is going on behind the scenes. So then we just go to Kylie Minogue, uh, actually spilling some drinks onto our sleazy businessman from before. And he's as rude as he can possibly be for a PG rated Christmas show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and this is when the doctor is uh, tries to essentially find a new companion, I guess, because he goes over to help her and she says her name's Astrid Peth. Uh, I can't remember what her planet was from. I want to say it was Stolom. Scone, Stone, something. Yeah, yeah. some Stone something. And uh, she asks him how he's enjoying the cruise, but he says it's a little bit different when it's the cruise by yourself. And this is when we find out sort of Astrid's uh, backstory. She always dream- dreamt of a, a life beyond the stars, but after working for ages in a space diner, she tried to come here and she's still waitressing. And the Doctor trusts her, so tells her that uh, he's a stowaway who travels all around by himself, and they have a, a little flirt, I guess, uh, about her reporting him, and she goes to get him a free drink. And we see 
some more of our players, uh, a, t- a family of two people dressed in awful purple magician costumes. Also, wanna, also known as a couple. A couple, yeah. <laughs> just, just Did not, I not say just, couple? Just like you said, a family of two people. Oh, no. <laughs> just thought I'd like, <laughs> like help you with a, a better word choice. Thank you. I, I, forgot how, I forgot how people function. <laughs> um, and they're being laughed at by other guests because of their clothes. They were tricked into believing it was a fancy dress party. And uh, the doctor sees them eating some chicken wings, goes to join them. Oh, not just chicken wings, buffalo wings. The buffalo, buffalo wings. must be massive. How do they have this many wings? <laughs> I, I love that joke. And uh, he uses his sonic screwdriver to make the mean passenger champagne explode. And uh, we find out that this couple, Foon and Marvin, uh, really like the doctor now. And their number's been called Red 6-7 because they get to go <laughs> to Earth and see the sights. Yep. Earth is... Uh... It took me a while to realize this is present day. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, before we can travel to to Earth again, we go back on the ship deck uh, to see uh, Shipman Frame saying that he's noticed something on the scanners, some some meteors, and maybe they should do something about it. But before we can find anything else about that, we go back to the Doctor using some psychic paper to get him and Astrid to join the tour. And we get the introduction to our next character of Mr. Copper, the man who thinks he knows everything about earth history but really doesn't to tell the worst version of the christmas story this which guy, i love ethan this guy reminds me of someone who we both know oh who? uh how can i best put this <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe a uh amateur dramatic critic currently in our region uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh crap yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> Uh, but Mr. Copper's story tells this, uh, the, the Christmas story about how the Earth people would go to war with the people of Turkey and eat them and celebrate their pagan god of Santa Claus, who would... Uh, no, he would, he would, he would attack would you with, with, yeah. with, with, with his claws. With his claws. That's and, it, yeah. Uh, you would survive with whether you were good or bad. Yeah, it was a, I, it was a, bar- it was a barbaric it. war between them. Yeah. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> And the Doctor doesn't think that's entirely right, but before they can travel back down to Earth, uh, a very red man called Banner Cafalata joins the group to the Doctor's confusion because how can a, a red small man with big cactus spikes go around Earth because oh, he, London's packed on Christmas Eve? And he said he looks like a walking conquer, which for yeah. people who aren't from the UK, I don't know how prevalent these things are in other countries. Um, in Canada, it would be the shell for what they would call there a horse chestnut. And, a horror, yeah. and it would have these green spiky sort of shells, but no one's heard of a conker back home. So trust me, oh. when I moved from England to Canada, I, I, was, I, I had a conker tree in my backyard. And I was like, this is great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have all these chances to play conkers with people. And <laughs> no one else had conkers or knew what even I was talking about. Oh, this is such like a, a staple for like uh, primary for school. Americans elementary school, yeah. Where yeah. You'd, you'd all get conkers, have conker uh, competitions to see who has the strongest conker. Smack them together. If the one breaks, they lose. You win. Yeah, and like um, you, and like you know, you have a successful conker when you say how many wins it's got. Oh, I've got this. Got yeah. ten. It's won ten this matches. Is like Pokemon was a thing on the playground, but conker battles they were they were the thing because it's such a short window. Yeah. Yeah. If you get a good conquer, you're set. You're set for life for the rest of the year. Is like popularity. Oh, you're sure. good. You got the other. Oh, yeah. it's conquer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so simple before TikTok. It was so simple before TikTok and podcasting <laughs> and things like that. Uh, and Banakafalata, who I love because he always has to say his name very yes, quickly. Yes, he does. Banakafalata. 
which is just fantastic because uh, the doctor's so confused because uh, it's usually busy in London, but London's empty and the doctor gets very concerned. And uh, as they look around, Astrid thinks it's absolutely beautiful. And the doctor's like, well, it's, it's only, only a street. No, it's beautiful. New Zealand. The doctor's not been more right about anything in his entire life. What did they say, before, what did they say before New Zealand? Oh, it's like uh, the, the the pyramids. The pyramids are beautiful. Yeah. New Zealand. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna hear about this. <laughs> yeah, this this joke is great for for the sole reason, obviously. If you if you don't know, somehow Kylie Minogue is from Australia. Oh my word! Australia, yes. Yeah, the Australia New Zealand rivalry runs very deep. Is it like uh, America and Canada, where Australians don't really care, but new, but Kiwis are like, you will acknowledge us. It's kind of a bit of a joke. It's it's like it's more of a more of a running gag, if anything, between Australia and New Zealand. Like they don't care, but they pretend. Meanwhile, America and and Canada is very like serious. Well, I don't think Americans really acknowledge Canada's there. I think it's really more in Canadians' head. I say this as a Canadian, going, you know, we're more like, we're not American. America's like, think about America. God bless y'all. Is they don't really pay much attention to the rest of the world. And Canada's part of that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, from there, Astrid's still getting excited, even because of how bad it smells. And we get the best man to arrive on our screens. And I forgot about this. We get Wilf. We got Will. Wilfred Mott, the best character of series four. My God, I forgot that he appears this early. Wilfie Will. He's working in the new shop. And he's telling the doctor that uh, everyone left London because Christmas always calls for an invasion of aliens in London. But he's staying in London, much like Her Royal Majesty the Queen, staying in, in Buckingham Palace. But I God love this. Lesser. I love yeah. this because it, it, it totally lines up with the way Doctor Who should be. Like, we remember yeah. all the stuff. And somewhere along the lines of oh, probably the later day, like the end of the run, Russell T. Davies stuff, when all the planets start, like, piling on top of each other. Yeah. And no one remembers anything ever again. But, you know, this was part of like, well, yeah, remember we had that big spaceship and then we had this. Yeah. And I'm like, this all makes sense. Absolutely. It's great. And uh, the doctor agrees that it's it's a smart thing for for Wolf to do because he knows that nothing alien is going to happen. And it, before he can finish his sentence, he teleports away, and that's Wolf's first ever alien encounter. I love it. I really do. So do I. I think it's I think it's a, it's a nice introduction. And at this point in time, they hadn't uh, when they filmed this, they hadn't cast uh, Catherine Tate to come back yet. It was more. I'm sure. Idea. I'm sure it was just a guest spot. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that. And then obviously they get to bring him back because he is—he is—he's a—he's a great bit character. And we find out from here though that they've been sent about, back a bit too early before David Tennant can finish his line because there are some power fluctuations. And uh, Shipman Frame is staring at the meteorites, uh, which have really started to change course because uh, the shields have been put down, but the captain's magnetized the hull, meaning the meteors are going to come even closer and quicker. And everyone's dancing and celebrating as the Doctor uses his sonic on electronic portrait of Max Capricorn. And he looks at the ship's diagnostics to see the shields have gone down. And he calls the captain to try and warn him about the meteors. But the captain already knows. But he's called security to take the Doctor away to the brig, not the bridge. Yeah. Um... And kind of, everything goes crazy yeah yeah um you know the minute it was called titanic i think we're all expecting yeah. bad things to happen <laughs> imagine if it was the Titanic. nothing bad happens nothing bad happens thank you for enjoy your stay on titanic 
See, that was a very Doctor Who thing to like the Doctor's trying not to have the Titanic happen again. Yeah. There, there'd be it's funny, but also yeah, I want to see I want to see space. Just Titanic. just Doctor Who, just sorry, the Doctor hanging out with yeah. that couple eating buffalo wings. Yeah. Free Good drinks. Time. To be fair, he, not he needs that after everything that's oh, happened. Oh, jeez. Does he ever need a vacation he's, after us? He, at this point, he's had the year from hell, the year that technically doesn't even exist because they changed it, but he's experienced it where he was yeah. an old... Oh, my word, yeah. Old man. The he's old small old guy. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, he's about that. hundreds of people die. The top fame were people that he tried to... It, he's, he's, had a, he's a really rough... Like, he's, a, he's had a rough year. He's had a rough time, yeah. Um... And uh, as he's taken to security, midshipman frame goes to put the shields up again, but the captain pulls a gun on him and he weeps saying that he was told that only old sea dogs, old men would be on the crew, but not boys like shipman frame. And uh, he shoots him anyway. Yep. Uh, He shoots shipman frame straight in the gut. And the doctor goes to rush the stage to tell everyone that the ship's in danger and there are meteors and a tiny rock crashes through a window and the businessman notices and asks the host, uh, what's going on? And the host goes, "You're going to die." Uh huh. And that's when uh, the business. I I never caught his name. I think it's like Richardson or something. Well, is this like the real posh guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah the know. slimy man. Uh, the, I'm just going to call him Greaseball. Yeah, yeah Mr. Berlin. Uh, Greaseball then chases after the chief steward while the doctor's being taken away, and all of his friends so far have followed Banaka for later. Astrid. Um, the Von Von Botches, I think, uh, Froon and uh, Marvin, and obviously uh, Mr. Copper. And as they're being uh, taken away, the captain says that he was promised so much money for his family if he did this. And the meteorites all collide with the ship and all hell breaks loose as everyone just tumbles around, falls and dies. And as the dust settles, the doctor just gets up to help everyone to their feet. And the... Um, the chief steward just says, we seem to have had a small collision. Yep. Well, I I do like how this is like peak capitalistic nightmare of, oh, no, I'm sorry. I apologize on behalf of the Max Capricorn cruise lines. You'll all get a free drink. And then he goes to check out uh, uh, a door and just flies out of the ship into space forever. Yes, that was a nice little uh, a moment. Yeah. Yes. And uh, thankfully, the Doctor saves everyone from flying into space. And this one, the Doctor starts to assume that it wasn't an accident, but he assures Astrid and everyone that they'll get off to safety. And before he can do that, it turns out that his way off to safety was the TARDIS. And that's flowing out of the Titanic. That's floating out there, too. Yeah, floating out. And uh, it's now flying to Earth for safety because somehow, this I've never heard of before until this episode, <laughs> is uh, if the TARDIS has no pilot, and starts to crash, it will take the orbit of any planet and safely land there. I think Jody Whitaker's again. I think Jody Whitaker's first episode is the Doctor would say, "Say what now?" Jody Whitaker's first episode, Matt Smith's first episode, yeah. Um, Peter Capaldi's first episode. Whoever plays the Fourteenth Doctor's first episode, yeah, probably, probably. This will never happen again. Um, but this is back where the hosts are and they're now beginning to kill the workers instead they've all lined up in a, in a neat little line and they go to kill everyone and uh this is when the doctor starts to call the bridge and uh midshipman frame is still alive but the captain's dead and he goes to check the engines but he he can't properly because he's still injured from the bullet that's happened that shot him oh so the so 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 bullets like that that takes a while to heal does it yeah i guess okay 
Okay, I don't yeah. know if that was a space thing or a real Titanic thing or what the deal was with that. So I this is the th- I found it really funny watching it because he's just got like a pistol, not like a space pistol. No, it was, pistol like, pistol. <laughs> it was like they're really committing to the whole Titanic thing with this little like nineteen twelve <laughs> era appropriate pistol. Spoilers for the rest of the episode. If Max Capricorn comes up to me, he's like, you're going to crash this ship. I'm hoping he's giving me a laser gun yeah. and not some <laughs> shitty little pop gun. No idea. But but sure. Um, but the engines are failing, which means the ship's going to crash into Earth and wipe out all life in its radius. Uh, they say all life surrounding, uh, like all life on the planet. But later on in turn left, it only wipes out like London. Explain to me. I don't get this. Yeah. A ship is in orbit. Yeah. A ship, to, like a ship, doesn't need. Like, how is the gravity pulling it from outside the atmosphere? They went. The ship's falling. How's it falling? Shouldn't it just be orbiting like like a piece of space junk? The meteors didn't even need to happen. No. You know what? You know what the, the captain could have done? He could have just shot midshipman frame the second everyone left and just dive bomb. He could have just like aimed for the Earth. <laughs> This is way too convoluted. Doctor Who is built up of contrivances that don't make sense. Yeah. And I think it's solely because everyone's an idiot. I think I like they think- wanted, I mean, obviously they wanted something like the iceberg getting hit. Yeah. So the meteor is the version of it. But if, if your whole thing is the plan is to crash into Earth, just crash into Earth. Like you can sound like a fate distressing and being like, we've crashed or whatever. No one's going to care because no. a crew, the space cruise liner crashed into a planet decimated. Billions. We've learned there's a door that once it's shut, you can't get into the bridge. <laughs> like, <there's> a, <laughs> this this plan could have been crash your fleshy head. This plan could have been so because you wouldn't have had the three hours or whatever the doctor had in order to get to just crash. You won't get in there in 15. Still the killer robots, but just crash right into the earth. I love that this is so weird. You know, though, I, I love I, this I just, episode. <laughs> I love it, but it's so it's it's very cornball Doctor Who in the best way. It's like it's, it's like so so stupid. There was a series of like survival movies in the nineties. Daylight was a great example yeah. of it. Starring Sylvester Stallone, where you end up in this really hard to overcome sort of place with this yeah. madcap group of characters, and then one by one they die off as you try to survive to the end of the movie. I mean, it's all this is, yeah. but I love it. Yeah, it's it's. It's ve- this was um, from what I saw. This was based partially on the Poseidon Adventure, and I don't know if the Poseidon Adventure has like um, it's on a boat. things like that where someone's yeah, it's a, it's a boat crashing, yep. I guess crashing. Yep. But yeah, no, it's 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 fun. Uh, but the engines are failing. It's going to crash into the planet. Everyone starts to panic, but the Doctor says he has a plan and to follow him. And our greaseball asks who the hell he is. And oh, this is what we get. I can tell you who the greaseball is. Yeah. Rixton Slade. I would never have guessed that. Rixton Slade. Are you hanging up your stockings on the wall? That is such a greaseball name to have, though, for (laughs) for your character. Especially if he's like Uh, this corporate capitalist pig. Rixton Slade. (laughs) Lovely. And this we get probably the most iconic David Tennant speech outside of him saying, I don't want to go. Which is the one we, I think we used Oh, it I'll, first, I'll, I'll disagree with that, but all right. Oh, oh. The one on Mars it, is better, but yeah. The one on Mars, yeah. Okay. The one on Mars is one better. Of, one of the most. But this is, all, this is what, because he's starting to build to who he will become. Yeah. And Mars is the zenith. And it starts yeah. here. I really believe this is, the, this is the, yeah. the starting point of this journey. There are several lines in this, which 
I don't think were purposely done for for later. Oh, I don't know. I think they might have been. Oh no, I don't mean for the for this tenant era, but for like the future with. Oh really? Doctors, oh, okay, no, which no, no. get used very, very well. Oh, okay, which like can come back well. This one is this big. I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Casteverus. The- I'm 903 years. Old. I, I when we got of- there, that's a great hero shot. Yeah, I'm ashamed how much I still remember that the, the episode was happening, and I was say I was saying it in time with him because it's it's such an iconic line, and um, this is when uh, they're like, "Cool, I'll say you follow me, and I'm gonna save everyone on, on board this ship and on the planet below." And uh, as they're crawling through the the wreckage, Mister Copper says, "Well, this is very in in the spirit of Christmas, since everyone would survive whether they've been good or bad," which is. <laughs> Really interesting, considering the people that do survive this aren't necessarily good. Also, there was this the whole thing about uh, we'd better hurry up because pretty soon they'll be they'll all start boxing each other. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> well, and um, the doctor then finds a heavenly host amongst the rubble, and luckily, food and Marvin can fix it because they worked in robotics. And uh, there's a tiny little cross race to get through to the other side. So Banakafalata crawls through the small space and uh, 411 Astrid follows through. She is a tiny person, I discovered. Oh, Kylie Minogue? Yeah, oh, Kylie she Minogue is tiny. She can, I hear when she was on Moulin Rouge, there was no special effects needed to present her as a pixie. <laughs> Uh, no, but she, you could fit her in your pocket. You really could. Yeah, yeah, she's so small. And um, as Food and Marvin start to fix the host, this is when Food begins to admit that uh, they said before that they'd won a competition. They they won a phoning competition <laughs> where Food just had to name uh, all the characters of this space age uh, Dallas type show, and uh, she won thankfully. But she reveals to to Marvin that she dialed the phone line for the competition five thousand times, betting five thousand credits to win. And instead of being angry or upset, Marvin just finds it hilarious because he, he's in love with her. And also everything's falling apart. So money isn't really important right now is the yeah, look around <laughs> going to die. Yeah. And I, 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 re- I really like Foon and Marvin. I think they're a nice bit of, of humanity and just regularity. Whatever. They're plot, the elite. They are plot devices to get through. We need a couple people we can kill. I got it. They're plot devices, but I Send like in the heavy set sweet. characters. The, yeah. the class warfare. Bring them in. The, we, can cr- <laughs> we can crawl the safety over the carcasses of the roast flesh of the poor. Uh, I said, yeah, actually, no, this is exactly what this episode is. And since, you know, Foon's admitted some of her regrets and mistakes. Banakafala has his time to shine as well, where yep. he admits to Astrid that he's actually a cyborg and he's ashamed. But Astrid says there's nothing to be ashamed of since cyborgs now have equal rights. And on some planets, he can even get married. Wouldn't that be the definition of equal rights? You'd think. <laughs> Just a thought. You'd think. <laughs> Otherwise, that's not equal. If humans no. can get married and cyborgs can't, that's not equal rights. But it's it, I I totally understand the whole thing. It's supposed to be queer coded because at the same time there was the discussion about whether ple- pe- gay people could get married, and it's Russell T Davies. Fully understand. There's a lot of queer coding in all of his stuff. Um, it just came out of left field, and I always find it really funny when he he like rift, uh, lifts up to show his tummy, and it's just a it's just a fridge. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And uh, from this, the kitchen calls midshipman frame to see if anyone's alive, and we find out. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Zappa Capilata 
and 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 Astrid oh, yeah. get engaged. Because <laughs> he goes from, maybe I marry you. <laughs> she's, I, I'm sorry, I made him sound like he was some angry Hispanic gentleman. But um, it's... Not too far off. <laughs> but she's like, well, maybe. And then she just like playfully goes to the doctor, who she's been flirting with hard. Yeah. I think I just got engaged. <laughs> Except for not like a valley girl, but all oh, Aussie. So I, I think I got I'm engaged through a shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> and uh, from here, this is when the kitchen then calls midshipman frame to see if anyone's alive. And this is where we find out there are 65 people still alive, including midshipman frame, the doctor, Bannock Afalata, and all the others. And uh, the kitchen staff say that they're locked in because the doors are sealed tight and they can't get out. But These kitchen staff who exist just to go, hey, we're alive, just so you can watch us die so that the guy in the bridge knows the hosts are evil. Yeah. And uh, the doors then magically open at the same time as the hosts enter the room, remove their halos, and they are dead completely. Uh, the thing I do like about this is they show the life signs of all of the people on board, and they're able to count them, and they just slowly disappear one by one. I really like that as a, as a way of showing instead of showing like violence i think it's just a it's a, a sinister way of just showing the the husks essentially it's also extremely cost effective yeah yeah very cost effective and uh, this is when frame then called the doctor to say he thinks something is wrong with the host just right, is- as mr and mrs <laughs> soon-to-be barbecue are fixing the robot up and right as that happens, goes into kill mode, goes to strangle Marvin, and uh, the businessman just refuses to let them go through because he's got very... Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's Rixton Slade, I'll have you know. Rixton, sorry. Rixton Slade, the hero of the story. The hero of the story. <laughs> <laughs> goes every man for themselves and just hightails it. And uh, the host... The, hey, that group needed a leader, and he was going to yeah. show them the way out. <laughs> and as this is happening the host starts to enter the deck to shipment frame but luckily he locks the door and Foon and Marvin are stuck trying to get through and that's when Rixton Slade body shames them because he's he's the hero he gets to say his little comment <laughs> and uh, they're able to luckily get through just about and they destroy the host And but before they do that the doctor needs to know what their command is and they find out that the commander is on deck 31 Yep. so after they destroy the host and get away, the Doctor, a lot, a lot of foreigns on this ship. Yep. So many foreigns on this ship. Uh, he calls Frame and he tells him that uh, Frame tells the Doctor that he was the maximum deadlock. So no one can get in and no one can get out to help him steer the ship. He's stuck. And uh, Frame then says that uh, Deck 31 is below the deck and off all the scanners and they don't know what's below there or who's there. And uh, this is when they, it's its Christmas time. It, it turns out it's Christmas Day on Earth, so they all have a little bit of a feast. And Astrid said, even if the Doctor's a Time King from Galabine, he needs to eat. I, I really love Astrid in this episode. She's great. I mean, something that Doctor Who does really, really well is tease you with people who you think might end up being full-time uh, yeah. companions just to go, no, nah, we're going to kill him instead. It's so it's so sad. Yeah. Um and had, had memories when, of was it Vicky with a Y? Vicky with a Y. Vicky with a Y. We should make a list of the companions who should have been. Companions who should have been. Companions who should have been. Vicky with a Y. Vicky with a Y. Astrid. Astrid. We'll add to it. Right now it's listed you know, two. It's two a list, it is ev- Yeah. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Uh, and Mr. Copper uh then tries to tell them another story of Christmas, but 
because the doctor immediately knows that he's lying, he admits he didn't actually get the degree in Earth history and he lied to get the job because he didn't have a home. And he then says that even if he does survive the, the Titanic crash, he won't survive a jail sentence because it'll be over 10 years and he's not got long left for it. Does he say that it's like space fraud? <laughs> like this is such yeah. a lazy term. There's fraud and there's space fraud. <laughs> space age fraud. It's like space job fraud or something. Oh, it's I ten, love it. It's 10 years now. Yeah. Um, but before too long, the hosts start to follow them already and they escape to another room. But this one is right where the engine is. A big, big empty room with one tiny crackly bridge with fire and flames yeah below. star wars called it wants its set design yeah. back it wants all of its set design back <laughs> and uh, they're like oh marvin's like oh, i don't think that we're gonna be able to cross that because we're a bit too heavy and it looks like oh no it's fine this the steel can hold anything oh this was and, so lazy <laughs> and before anything happens before even a millisecond yep. Marvin just takes one step forward for some ungodly reason and just tumbles to his death. Oh. Doc, I mean, so un- forget last so episode. So unjust. I had to blink because I was like, what happened? What? One second he's there and one second he's not. I thought it was much more in the line of like there was a, you know, they were being chased or he fell or. Yeah. Nope, just guys heavy. It's so, it's so weird. It's the Buffalo like, Wings. I would have like. It's it's uh, it's such a weak death. Oh, I feel really bad for him. It's also a punchline a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little bit of he's fat. Essentially. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it, it can take any weight, and then he bends it and it's like, whoo, yeah, gone. he's gone. And uh, as this happens, the hosts now appear at the door because it's bolt locked and they're trying to break through, yep. to which they say they're trapped, but they're like, no, we're not trapped, just inconveniently circumstanced. And at this point, Foon just won't accept Marvin's death at all. And Astra tries to mourn her, but they need to make their way across or else the hosts are going to kill all of them. And uh, the doctor tries to get Foon across, but she just doesn't want to do anything if she isn't with Marvin. Like her entire, she even says, my life is nothing without him. And it, it's really sweet if they played them a bit more like because it's a nice idea of true love. Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything. And I, I really like it. I just wish it had been established a bit more. Um. But because of this, everyone just has to cross the bridge. Well, and because the they're Ethan, food. Ethan yeah. because they're poor, their love is true. That's true. That's it's, very it's, true. It's right out of Christmas Carol, right? The poor yeah. are yeah. flawless, and the rich are all flawed to hell. It, it, it's yeah. typical Victorian <laughs> Dickensian logic. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And the doctor promises for him that he'll come back to, to save her, but he has to cross the bridge with everyone. But the banging stops all of a sudden. They all wonder where the host could even be. And then Mr. Copper rem- remembers the one actual fact about Christmas the angels have wings yep. as the hosts descend upon them, which it looks really creepy with like the gold and the, the pristine white and all of the smoke and fire beneath them. I really do like how it's And the up. crappy CGI. The crappy CGI, yeah. because um, the Doctor and Co, they, they arm themselves with pipes, and they get oh, to play baseball with the halos. so bad. <laughs> it's so funny. And the, the CGI halos are slicing through and hits the Doctor, and a second later, he reacts and goes, ah! So it's, these, it's great. these halos that were killing people in earlier scenes yeah. are now making you go, ow! Not cutting I'm them. Not gonna... No, just yeah. bouncing off them. And it's like Captain America's shield. It bounces right back to them. 
Yeah, and it's like if this, th- I totally understand if it like didn't break the pipes. It's supposed to be indestructible. Yeah, but the doctor isn't. I know. For, I know for certain that Mister Copper, the very old man who said he won't live for another ten years, definitely is. Definitely don't know. That man's held together with paper and hope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Banakafalata realizes what he can do, and he's finally proud of being a cyborg. So EMPs the host and kills them. But in doing so. He uses all of his power and dies happy, saving his friends and his fiance. Just closing words. Pretty girl. That's like Billy Shipton all over again. It is. And uh, this is when uh, Mr. Copper immediately ransacks Banakafalata's body because he used to sell the power rods that fueled him. And he takes them because uh, it could help further along as more EMPs. Yep. But before too so late, another takes, host is alive. Take Zappa Capilata's rod. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he does. Yeah. And we're being told there's a whole. Now, remember, you got to charge this for 60 seconds between uses. Okay, great. But yeah, yeah, there's a host. The host that didn't fall previously is now somehow back alive and functional. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor starts to beg for information and it's told that there are no witnesses. He gets to, he says, um, code one. So he gets to have three questions. And the first question is, why are they doing this? No witnesses. Why is the earth part of it? Killing the earth is part of the plan. And before he can finish the third question, it goes to kill the doctor, but Foon ties herself to it and throws both her and the host into the pit to join Marvin in hell. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you love someone, you die. You die. And this is then when we get a, a hint that I don't think is purposely done, but for the future of the Doctor Who canon, I think works fantastically, which is after Foon dies again, he stares at everything and just says no more. Yep. Which is um, premature. Being a, a thing said constantly by the war doctor, by John Hurt's doctor during the time war, because uh, uh, he he writes no more before he goes to destroy everything. I don't think this is purposely done. No. I think this is just really good luck in terms of like line delivery and a line. But in the, the history of the show, I, I really like its purpose that it can now have. And from here, this is when the Doctor begins to get his plan together to get the ship to safety. He's going to go to Deck 31 to figure out who or what's caused all of this. And Astrid, uh, Rickinson Slade. Rickston Slade. Rickston Slade. Brixton Slade and Mr. Copper are all going to use Banakafalata's body to EMP uh, the hosts and get to safety in the, the ballroom. But Astra wants to come with the Doctor on adventures because she has no one on her home planet anymore and just wants to join him on many, many travels. And the Doctor even agrees and says he'd like that as well. And uh, Shipman Frame then tells the Doctor there's only eight minutes left before the engines give out and the, the ship will crash. And before the Doctor can go, maybe to his death, Astrid gets a first aid box, puts on the floor, steps on it because she's so tiny, and gives the doctor a kiss because that's what they do at her home planet. Yeah. It, the doctor gets around. This is the cheeky, chappy, sexy doctor. He just well, gets yeah, to I mean, snog whoever he wants. Just turned down Martha Jones and now uh, Astrid. Hello, may I? To be fair, he even snogged Martha Jones. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, in the first episode, he kisses her so his DNA is on Martha. And then the Jadun are like, oh, that's alien DNA. You're an alien. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and that's when she's like, oh, I'm in love with the doctor now. Yeah, that, that happens fast. Poor Martha. Poor Martha uh, Jones. And immediately the doctor gets cornered and he uses security protocol one again. And him being the doctor accidentally asks, uses two of his questions uh, out of the three already just by accident. But he says beforehand they can't kill him because he's not a passenger and therefore needs to be taken to deck 31 because he's a stowaway and says gets to say, take me to your leader because he's always wanted to say that. Yeah, it's a cute moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very Dr. Hurry. And uh, this is what Astrid then calls the bridge because she needs the teleport to get to deck 31 because she needs to help the doctor. Because if not, something's going to happen bad to him. And she teleports away to help, which means that the engine, uh, part of the engine fuel has been used for this teleport. And the doctor arrives at deck 31, preparing to meet the leader. And it turns out to be Max Capricorn, headless on wheels. And he's 179 years old, I think he says. Yeah, he's kind of like uh, those aliens in the giant glass jars in The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially like that. But the, the tooth even dings. Yep. Still dings. Still dings. And this is when the doctor's like, ah, well, I always wanted to meet someone to, to find out how to get ahead in business. And uh, we find out that the wheels, uh, the whole machine is just a life support system because he's in a world where society hates cyborgs. But that can't be because... Astrid said that he can get married now. Maybe he's, he's been locked away for so long he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Max says that they should have crashed by now, but the engine turns out to still be on. But the doctor wants to know why the Earth is part of the plan. And this way we find out that Max's business failed a long time ago and he got voted out of the board. So his plan is to have half the company's profits get sliced in half and get the whole board put in jail for mass murder of Earth and the entire ship line when it crashes, causing all of this, and he can get away with all his money and retire. And the doctor's like, oh, this is only happening because you're a loser and you can't even crash the Titanic. And that's when, uh, in retaliation, Max like, oh, no, 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 I can. And he shuts the engine down all by himself, which I'm going to be honest, why didn't he do that 45 minutes ago in the episode? But, you know, all plans happen. And uh, the host grab hold of the doctor and they're ordered to kill him. I, just move, I think this they... uh, episode clearly shows that all plans don't happen. Yeah, all plans don't happen. <laughs> yeah. They could have, if you gave it a moment's thought, you could just immediately do it. But yeah, eh, whatever. Uh, but before they can kill the doctor, Astrid drives a forklift out of nowhere uh, and tells Max that she's resigning and gives a look at the doctor because as the two wheels are fighting each other, the forklift and Max, uh, they the uh, stalemate. So she uses the forklift to lift Max and drive both of them off the platform, falling into the engine. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even have. A, I don't have too, a funny joke for this. There's way too many people try like falling into the engines in this episode. Yeah, it's so yeah. far you've had. Uh, the couple you've had astrid and now max yep and anyone else it it really gets lame when i have to see the same cg green screen someone on their back pretending to fall yeah. motion it really just you know burns me up yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is when the titanic then begins to fall into earth's orbit as the survivors cling on for dear life but the doctor he, he's not clinging on he's not scared he just walks dramatically away from all the explosions because he's lost. 
everything. Yep. And he holds his arms out and the heavenly hosts lift him up after he clicks his fingers. I have no idea how they register it, but I, whatever. And uh, I believe the logic was that he's the next. Oh, okay. He's the next authority on the ship. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Sure. And they lift their arms up and start to fly like Superman. It's really funny. The church me. had an issue with this, apparently. Did they? Yeah, because they said that it represented Tennant as being Christ-like. I'm like, I don't really see the bit where Jesus hung out with robot angels. I, I just I don't. don't. My favorite passage in the Bible was when Jesus um, <laughs> saved the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the doctor crashes through the floor of the bridge with his head. He he should be dead. He should be dead. He must have blunt force trauma. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I rewound it a couple times because you can tell it's a dummy that just pings out, and it's so funny to watch and repeat. Um, but this is when he begins to help the pilot, uh, uh, the pilot the Titanic with uh, Midshipman, and he asks Midshipman frame his name, and it's Alonzo. Alonzo, so that one line that he said only a couple episodes for us in yeah. uh, Army of Ghosts, which is Alonzi, Alonzo. And they hold on for dear life as the doctor tries to straighten out the Titanic. And it turns out the impact zone is going to be Buckingham Palace. But that's where the Queen's staying because she wants to prove that aliens are nothing to be feared of in the UK. So the doctor somehow has a magic line to call the Queen to evacuate Buck Buckingham Palace with probably my favorite cross cutting of the doctor holding on for dear life as um, the corgis go down the steps. Yeah, she's she and her Yorkies oh, are going down the a, steps with the hair curls. It's a terrible, like it's even by TV standards, this is a terrible standard. It's so funny, yeah. bro. It's so funny. I think the the person who pretended to be um, the stump man who pretended to be the queen for the 2012 Olympic opening ceremony did a better job. Yep. I forgot about that. Um, so the Titanic thankfully narrowly misses the palace as the queen waves the doctor off, thanking him for saving the day. Oh, thank you, doctor. Thank you, doctor. And uh, everyone celebrates as the doctor pilots them to safety. And I had a question that immediately got answered about how were they able to get back into orbit? And the doctor just said, you know, <laughs> how do the engines the fire back the up? I was looking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. The engines uh, turn back on after the heat, the re-entry, and they have a moment where they contemplate everything, but it goes, wait a second. I can still save Astrid because she had a teleport on meaning she could still be alive, but there isn't enough power for her to come back fully. So she's just a, uh, a ghost of herself, just atoms. And she keeps asking the, the doctor to stop her from falling because that's the only thing she can now experience. Yep. And um, Copper even says that everything's too badly damaged. She's just atoms, stardust. So the doctor goes to say goodbye to her and give her a, uh, one last Earth greeting and, and kisses her. I have no idea how. Oh, my love, <laughs> my darling. So he, he kisses the air and uses the sonic screwdriver on it to let her go travel forever as stardust. And uh, some time passes and they're just waiting for help. And the doctor gets thanked by Rickston Slade, who thanks him for everything and says that thankfully he sold, it, he sold his shares in Max Capricorn before the crash. And he put all of his money back into Max's competitors. So he's become rich. Yeah, that and he this does. Is where I, this is where we get the first line that I think ties to Time Lord Victorious, where Mr. Copper says, 
it's a shame that only the bad people get to survive because if you could decide who lived or died you might become a monster well he gets halfway through saying it and then sort of corrects himself like well that would make you a monster yeah uh interesting because he will go down that road yeah and i think this is this as corny as this episode is it really gets to delve into that the tenth doctor's philosophy and experience of what leads to his greatest mistake, and I, I really do like. Yeah, it. I mean, it's, how, it's an important slow burn. How much of it is is just he? This one loses everybody. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't blame this guy at all. And they yeah. don't rush it. They, they really do wait this one out. Hmm. He loses all of the good people. The, the person that he wanted to save, who he finally gives the chance to experience everything she wanted to, and in saving him, loses everything. The couple who were happy and loved each other lose everything. Banakafalata, who accepted himself. And who'd you get? A man who's going to die in 10 years and the slimiest man in Galactic Wall Street. Who's celebrating that he just put his money onto the competitor and is now a yeah. rich man. Like, he's just slime. The hero of the piece. To, the even, even, to always look for the silver lining in life, Rixton Slade. <laughs> Rixton Slade, a Christmas hero. I hope he becomes the next companion for I, the I, Wouldn't that be great if it's just he like... He comes back. Rickston, oh, there's Rickston making money off other people's misery again. What a wacky twosome they are. <laughs> That's the next master. Um, but as uh, Copper sort of accepts that he's going to go to prison, he says, well, prison's probably better than dying. The Doctor gives Copper a teleport, and he and the Doctor travel to teleport to Earth, and they find the TARDIS as it snows, but it's not actually snowing because it's just part of the ship. Uh, Which was a nice Titanic. callback to previous yeah. Christmas episodes. It, Yeah, every single Christmas episode, I think... I'm trying to think. There's there's a point later on where the Doctor just goes, snow, real snow, because of that, but I can't oh, okay. remember when it is. And that, like a nice callback to that as well. And uh, the Doctor asks for Copper's credit card, because earlier when they go to Earth, uh, Mr. Copper has this Earth credit card where they can all buy little knickknacks and food and With goodies. petty cash. Petty cash, where Mr. Copper says that there's a million pounds on there, which okay. translates to 50 million credits. Which, and he celebrates that he finally gets to have money. In one sense, so if a million pounds is 50 million credits, yeah. so the ratio is one to 50, right? Yeah. Okay, so that means that when they spent 5,000 credits, it was only 100 quid. Yeah. He's going to work for 20 years to make 100 quid. Maybe it's just like really weird exchange <laughs> rates. I have Which no point is, Maybe they're that poor. Like monetary exchange rates of a purpose. So how are they getting British pounds? Because talk about an exchange rate. If it was just like, yeah, we've loaded it up with this thing that'll trick everybody, fine. But like, like you're implying there's like a there's like a intergalactic exchange rate for modern day Earth. I have no idea and I never want to think Is about there it. like a space airport where you get like, you know, you know, don't don't buy your money from there. You get a much better deal in town. Never get it at the airport. <laughs> Oh, maybe. Maybe. That would be nice. Um, but Mr. Copper's got loads of money, and the Doctor wishes him a nice life as he promises he'll make the Doctor proud after everything. He this was very Scrooge, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He gets to learn the, the error of his ways, and he gets to have all the, the nice things. Yep. And before they both leave, they agree that they'll never forget Astrid, and she appears in the sky again, and there's a, her little Disney insignia. Oh, it's very Tinkerbell. 
Yeah. Uh, it is interesting that he says he travels alone now. Earlier, he was yeah. well up for a companion. Now he's like, yeah. no, I will never travel with, with an old man. Where's Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor leaves in his TARDIS, and the episode ends as it fades away. And then it says uh, the episode's in memory of Verity Lambert, OBE who uh, was the woman who produced Doctor Who when it first ever began in 1963 all the way until 89 when it finished, or 87. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which I think was, I think was sweet. Classy touch. On a, on a, the, the person who, without this. Yeah, without, we, without that, we don't get here. Have it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's Voyage of the Damned. The, I the like it. Highest episode. Yeah. With all of the, the riff figure, the making fun we had on this, it, it's it is fun it's goofy it's corny this is it's a christmas episode it is one of the it's one of the most entertaining and probably one of the saddest but they they introduced me to all these characters and i and they spend enough time with them that i do actually care when they we we spoke last episode about about the uh, copper who uh in blink who gets sent back i'm like i don't really care there's enough time with them for for two scenes and then goes with these we get we get a decent amount of time like i I was truly invested in making sure that rixton slade made it to the end i was like please <laughs> oh, no, I but can't they gave, wait for the big finish Richton Slade spin off. They let me come into some moments with uh the the American couple who are in fancy dress. I felt that, 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 that we had the line with Red Conquerface where we get his yeah. little backstory and just enough that when they die their deaths meant something. Mm. Uh, I probably could have used a couple more shots of Zappa Capilato or whatever his name was before he does it so I could see he was thinking about it because he just kind of does it yeah. and then that's it. Yeah. But generally, no, and when people, characters sacrifice themselves or died, it meant something. And I love a good movie where you knock them down one at a time and you're like, who's going to survive? And it wouldn't have been the two who survived. And, you know, Mr. Copper yeah. read, read my mail. I would have much rather have had, you know, <laughs> Astrid and Zappa Capilata survive to the end and not, yeah. not, not, not the other ones. But that's, that's part of what needs to make Tenant and, and Ten so angry is the injustice mm. of it all. And there, there is something so like this is, this is Christmas time. This is the, especially because it's it's Kylie Minogue. There is no, like at this point, there is no other way that you can get like the entire country to really feel the way the Doctor feels by having Kylie Minogue yeah. die. And at this point, like her sister's hosting uh, X Factor. Oh, Danny. So yeah, she, right. yeah, Danny's doing X Factor. So they're both in the public eye still. It's 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 perfect. It's great. Yeah, I mean, as far as Kylie went, I mean, I I, I couldn't get her out of my head. You know, it was uh, <laughs> hanging on that for about thirty five minutes. <laughs> nice, but you know, um, she was she was an it girl, and this could have been a really interesting way to reinvent herself again. Just give her yeah. a little run for one series, just one series. Give her the mm. Martha Jones treatment, you know. Um, and but that would have been an all right time, and we didn't go that way. Instead, we went this way, and you know. Um, and I said earlier how in writing quality, we were only two years removed or two series removed from the farting Slovene and from, you know, yeah. pizza to this. But we're also two years, only two series, two years removed from everybody just this once. Everybody lives. Yeah. And that doesn't happen for this one. For this one, everybody Ooh. dies, man. Like, he's having a rough go of it. Who does he save? He saves the kid in the engine room, and he saves two guys of varying moral, you know, appropriateness. Yeah. Uh, and that's all you can save. And it's like, wow. Uh, and there is a point in the next series where we see Astrid again, 
as a regret as as, as uh when when davros appears and he says the uh, everyone the doctor comes in contact with dies because of him Astrid is one of the first ones we see as this this mistake this thing that hey, he's never forgotten about you know what your highest rated episode probably a pretty yeah. good idea to play the hits yeah. so let's go through our usual stuff shall we yeah so uh favorite moment oh geez um for what it's worth, I just got crapped over a little bit. It's when Mr. Copper finds out he gets to have a little house with a garden. It's sweet. It's, it's great. Really, it's the one bit of joy you get to feel at the end of this episode. It's, it's when he promises to keep Christmas the real Christmas, yeah. the Christmas he'll find out about in his heart every day of the year. So it, it's, it's that. It's that. I do like some of the flirting between Kylie Minogue and the bit where she grabs the first aid kit and stands on. It's very cute, too. Yeah. But no, my my moment is 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 this. Yeah. I, I love how depressing this episode is. Um, <laughs> like that's, that's so, so, so totally different, but I really love how um, my favorite part of this whole point is, and I made fun of it because the way it ends, but it's when everyone is, is fearing for their lives as the ship is starting to crash uh, at the end after Astrid's died. And the only person who has no emotion is the doctor who just has silent rage and walks amongst the fire and the flame and just, flies above to try and do the one thing left i really do like it until the goofy head through the through the floor happens but it it really shows that he doesn't side of him he doesn't look scared because he's just walking in front of a green screen he doesn't even know what they're doing behind it they probably told him he's gonna be walking in front of windmills or something (laughs) no no it's just again the russell t davies production um standards and the production standards that would unfortunately come in right after tenant leaves it's a shame because he could have done with some of that matt smith money I'm very looking forward to seeing how tenants, uh, not tenant, uh, Davies' new budget. I still think you're right with both of those. I think we're getting it. I think we're getting a season of tenant. I do. I think I definitely think we're getting tenant in some way. He's either going to be there for the 60th or the centennial. To be fair, we have we know nothing about series 13. So with like three episodes in now by the time this releases tenant could have showed up in series 13 as part of the flux we he, at this point anything's nothing anything's possible i'm calling that, yeah. tenant i called it months ago i'm calling tenant let's I, get the I band back tenet. together yeah yeah i know eccleston did make a statement being like i'm not coming back because his big nah. issue was his big issue was with uh rtd so i oh, okay. I, I fully un. Like the, the reason there was the falling out was the production standards, the way that they handled some of the stuff. So I, I fully, I fully understand why he wouldn't come back if Russell's directing. It's a shame, but y- you can't stop that. No. Um, favorite character? Uh, oh, I really like Mister Copper. He's so funny. Yeah. I find I find how uh, absurdly wrong he is, endearing, and when he survives you actually feel like he's earned he's yeah, earned his, his I, I, don't, I don't begrudge him as ending one bit yeah i think oh. i think it's great i'm gonna take the low-hanging fruit and say because she's so short uh, but not as short <laughs> as zapacabalata but say ingrid uh she's uh honorable mention to zapacabalata but but ingrid's just just charming uh, if i can't well, actually i'll talk about it in a second so yeah ingrid um you mean astrid oh astrid sorry yeah astrid <laughs> lovely lovely um I, I like it when they they sort of and you see it's really strange because at times they they float these potential new ones and they have such chemistry and sometimes the chemistry is hard to come by and in this case it was instant and just really something i wish we could have uh we could have parlayed i understand why we didn't but there's a few there's a few yeah and um yeah this was this was 
definitely one of them. Ergo, the list of should have been companions. But I think I think that helps because you get like you're like, oh, what would this would have been great if this did happen? You like yep. you as the viewer get to sort of feel the same the same regrets and upsets the doctor has because of that loss, which not always intentional, but it helps for the for the story. 